Yeah. But I will tell you, my surfing days are over. I went a little boogie boarding <laughs> on the lakes in Texas this summer, and three runs, and I was exhausted <laughs> and sore for three days afterwards. So. But we're supposed to do that for our health, I understand. Well, uh, you know, not supposed to break your bones and tear your uh, <laughs> ligaments and stuff like that. So I'll find something more appropriate. Welcome to Plant-Based DFW with Dr. Riz and Maya. Aloha, everyone. Dr. Riz and I are back in Dallas, Texas. And for this week's episode, we wanted to share a live broadcast recorded this past Thursday. We were on KAKU 88.5 FM, the voice of Maui earlier during the day before Dr. Riz's Maui lecture. And our hosts, Bill and Bobby Bess, have a show called Off the Record. It's described as a conversation with the creative and community-minded people of Maui. Musicians, artists, writers, teachers, the movers and shakers, builders and makers, giving an insight into the island and the arts community of Maui. When was the last time you were in Maui? Please comment below and let us know what you think about this episode. And also, let's have a listen to our interview. Aloha, this is Bill Best once again on KAKU 88.5 FM with Bobby D. Best. Even though you can't see her, I guarantee she is there. Um, I'm playing Todd Rundgren's Healing right now because we have uh, Dr. Riz and Maya in the studio. And uh, welcome. Thanks for coming in. Well, thank you very much. We're uh, very excited to be here. Uh, love, love being in, back in Maui, and it's so nice of you to invite us to join you today. I would say you're you're both uh, in the healing profession, absolutely, and um, and you are a doctor, and uh, you, uh, you both are you've been married, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But I will tell you, my surfing days are over. I went a little boogie boarding <laughs> on the lakes in Texas this summer, and three runs, and I was exhausted <laughs> and sore for three days afterwards. So, but we're. Uh, but we're supposed to do that for our health, I understand. Well, uh, you know, not supposed to break your bones and tear your uh, <laughs> ligaments and stuff like that. So I'll find something more appropriate for can, me. Can I ask my question that I, I was going to Google, but then I thought you guys are coming and you would know the answer. Oh, I hope so. Is it, <laughs> if you had to choose, is it more important to have a healthy diet, which you're going to describe, or consistent exercise? Oh, that's a really good question. And, you know, I, I, I use this expression that you cannot exercise away a bad diet. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think uh, diet and exercise are both extremely important. Uh, we need both of them. Uh, but I would call uh, it an 80-20 thing. 80% is diet, 20% is exercise. Uh, and that's something that, uh, you know, I think many of us uh, agree with. And uh, I kind of... Uh, started hearing to maybe about a decade ago. I, I know that you can't really expect exercise to help you lose weight, but there are other benefits. Absolutely. I mean, exercise is a component of a healthy lifestyle. I'm a, you know, I, uh, I'm a new, big nutritionist in medicine. I, 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 I talk about that a lot, but there's other aspects of the, our lives that we have to uh, look at, and that's why I'm a lifestyle medicine specialist. And so not a, nutrition isn't a significant aspect of our lifestyle, but so is exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it is an important component, but then we talk about things such as getting adequate sleep, uh, managing your stress, mm-hmm. having good friendships and relationships in your lives, having some sort of uh, spirituality outlet. So you kind of create a well-rounded lifestyle, and all of those things are important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's uh, you know we might be talking more about nutrition today because that's my right. that's my what I'm here to talk about. But exercise is a significant aspect. And of if it. I can kind of add to your question, Bobby, uh, so just recently I think it was last month we were at the Lifestyle Medicine Conference in Orlando, Florida, and we sort of split up because we both want to be able to attend as many lectures as possible and then share that with each other. And I attended the Exercise as Medicine or Exercise as Medicine lecture, and it and it addressed that that you know why is it that we only look at going to the gym to kind of build our abs and muscles and tighten this and tighten that when there are people in great need of exercise. So just like the pharmaceutical reps dress up to go knock on the doctor's door and sell pills, why are fitness instructor instructors not dressing up and knocking on the doctor's door and saying, I have something for your patients? That's a good idea. Right? Because the patients still need exercise, whether they have hypertension or obesity or diabetes. They're... 
exercise still is medicine. Yeah, it helps with all those things. It does help. Uh, it, right. it helps with your heart. It helps with uh, hypertension. But you know, and we also need that uh, muscle building and strength uh, as we grow older. We need the resistance on our bones to prevent fractures and prevent osteoporosis. So we need all of those things. So when you say heart, if somebody has AFib, that's not going to help, right? You know, typically, you know, that's a, a rhythm disturbance, and uh, without me getting too detailed about it, yeah, exercise isn't going to specifically affect the atrial fibrillation, but exercise is going to make you overall more healthy. So, uh, you know, would you rather be an unhealthy person with atrial fibrillation, <laughs> or would you rather be a healthier person with atrial fibrillation? And, uh, you know, the, there's always the, the one-off stories, and I don't talk about anecdotes as being proof, but you often hear about people who start a good exercise program and a healthy lifestyle, and their atrial fibrillation goes away. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't hang my hat on it, but that does There's happen. There's a possibility. Yeah. You know, the yeah. heart failure improves, the atrial fibrillation goes away, an atri- uh, a rhythm disturbance might improve. So uh, you never know when sometimes that that disturbance in the heart rhythm might be just some sort of metabolic issue related to poor overall general health, and you improve it. And mm-hmm. it goes away. But like I said, that's the, yeah. the one-off type story, not the general thing. One we, of our uh, guests yeah. from the Vegetarian Society kind of finally got me re- to realize that I, I swim, I walk, I um, do other things. But I started just putting YouTube on the TV and going through finding hits. So uh, high-intensity interval training. Mm-hmm. And so what do you think is optimum for me to do that? You know, I, that's, that's kind of what I do. I do a little bit of a high-intensity uh, interval training type of program. Uh, I think that it, uh, uh, it can shorten the length of your workout, Yeah. Uh, and it, there's uh, some benefits to it. So, you know, I, I, I hear something similar to that. So how often do you do it? I do it five days a week. Five days a week. Yeah. I think that uh, we talk about walking. Uh, we, we sponsor some walking events. We do a walk with the doc. It's part of a national organization. We actually started on our own. It was walk and talk with Dr. Riz. So people could come out and join me for a walk. We would walk around the neighborhood. And then we found, about, found out about this national organization called Walk with the Doc. And we joined them. And so every month, every third Saturday of the month in our local neighborhood, we have a walk where people can come out and join us. So we want to encourage regular physical activity and so the the general guidelines are 30 minutes of brisk walking five days a week you want 150 minutes of moderate exercise if you want to step it up to uh if you want to step it up to vigorous exercise you can cut your time in half so if you're starting to do that high intensity uh, interval training uh then you could probably do 75 minutes which is 15 minutes a day but you can also step it up to 300 minutes of regular exercise or 150 minutes of HIIT, and there's even further benefits beyond that baseline up to about that level. So uh, regular daily exercise is an important part of uh, a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, and if I can add to it, um, mm-hmm. we see that in the blue zones, people are typically just active throughout the day. They may not hit the gym or the treadmill, but they're just always moving in their environment. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Michael Greger addresses that as well in, in his How Not to Die book. He talks about how um, sitting is the new smoking. Right. So sit, and most of us sitting in office or do some sort of work on our computer. And um, even if you're hitting the gym three times a week, but you're sitting six hours a day, there's still damage that's yeah. happening. You're kind from of that. almost negating the benefit of that yeah. gym work. So, so regular exercise. These she was mentioning the blue zones. Uh-huh. These people are active. They're gardening all day. They they don't drive uh, down the street to the neighbors. They walk. You know, mm-hmm. and so uh, they're active the entire day when they're uh, they're up and around, and they're not watching the tube. <laughs> but they're, most of them <laughs> right. probably don't have TVs. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, we're talking with Dr. Rizwan Bukhari, MD, and his wife Maya. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dr. Rizwan, uh, Dr. Riz, mm-hmm. is talking tonight at the Cameron Center. If you're listening on Thursday, December twelfth. That's uh, when we do the show live. Uh, it is happening tonight at the Cameron Center. And thanks to the Vegetarian Society of Hawaii, they bring these wonderful, um, just professional speakers to the Valley Isle once a month, usually on a Thursday, and almost always at the Cameron Center, 95 Mahalani Street. So if you've got the time, if you're concerned about heart disease in particular, 7 p.m. is the time tonight at the J. Walter Cameron Center, and the talk is preventing 
heart disease. A free presentation and, incidentally, refreshments courtesy of Down to Earth Organic and Natural. And uh, if you have questions, you can always refer to the Vegetarian Society of Hawaii. They actually post these talks from Oahu uh, I think every month. So were they video recording mm-hmm. last night? So people mm-hmm. can go to the Vegetarian Society uh, website and yep. see that they, talk. they filmed it and recorded it. So I think it takes them a few days, but they'll have it yeah. posted eventually. I mean, what's great about that? <coughs> and then we, and we, do our, we do a lot of our own recordings, and we post on our website. And, and, oh, what is and your website? It's a plant-based DFW. DFW stands for Dallas-Fort Worth. So it's just all plant-based DFW.com. Ah, and that's your hometown? Yes. yes. Dallas. Dallas, Fort mm-hmm. Worth. Yeah. How healthy is Dallas these days? Yeah, Dallas is just like everybody else. Yeah. You know, so I don't <laughs> want to disparage so my hometown. I love yeah. my hometown, yeah. but uh, they're just like every other American city. So, If yeah. I can add, though, Fort Worth is now considered a blue zone. Really? Yes. And, you know, blue zone has a whole component of not just nutrition, but also mm-hmm. um, creating streets and areas that get the community to be more active. So. Yeah. You want to well, say so more? they're not a blue zone like the five places on uh, the in the earth that are designated blue zones, but they are an active blue zone community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, meaning that yeah. they're they are making uh, a concerted effort, actually sponsored by the mayor of Fort Worth, which I'm mm-hmm. very impressed. Yeah. Uh, she's the one who made the efforts to try to get them designated as a community where they are instituting lots of blue zone type activities to make their people healthier. Yeah, who I think it's a great idea. Guessed. Yeah. yeah. I think, I, I think all, all communities should be striving towards not this. Not to yeah. mention that their uh, main medical school, the University of uh, North Texas Health Science Center, now has a lifestyle medicine master's degree program. And Excellent. so, it, which teaches all these basically blue zone components. Yeah. And so few doctors know about nutrition. Yeah, I mm-hmm. heard a doctor telling someone who with diabetes, don't eat carbs. Right. That's that's not good advice. She didn't specify different kinds of carbs. Yeah, it's. I think um, unf- unfortunately, uh, back if you go back to my generation of doctors who were taught back in the eighties and nineties, uh, or even even preceding all that, nutrition was not a part of our training. Well, they okay. used to uh, tell us uh, you should smoke cigarettes. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that, <laughs> it's good for you. Right. It calms yeah. you down. No, don't get me started there. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, so specifically about the nutrition, uh, we have a, a what we call an acute care model of Western medicine, which is meant to treat problems, not prevent them. And it developed uh, over 100 years ago when when our problems were acute illnesses like the flu or, a, or an infection or an injury. And so Western medicine was meant to treat those. Now, fast forward 100 years where most of our disease is chronic conditions, high blood pressure, diabetes, hypertension, coronary artery disease, mm-hmm. autoimmune disorders, arthritis, which are not acute injuries. They've developed over decades, yet we're still applying that Western care model. And so now, uh, and so we were taught the Western care model, which is wait for a problem to occur and then treat it. And nutrition is not a part of that model. Now, so I didn't get that training and neither did many, any of my colleagues. Yeah. And so now when all of this whole generation of doctors, when you go to this generation of doctors, they don't really have any good basis for helping patients l- use nutrition as a way to prevent disease. And, uh, and now, but the good news is things are changing and there's a little bit of momentum. We work, personally, we work with uh, other people and physicians and other organizations to educate medical students. We were hoping to speak to the University of Hawaii on this trip, mm-hmm. uh, but it just didn't work out because of the timing for their exams and things, yeah. and I was very disappointed. Right. Yeah. But we've spoken at medical schools and speak to medical students, and uh, and the idea here is to plant that seed in these do- young doctors' minds. Yeah. And so now moving forward, they've heard about nutrition, and they understand that nutrition is important in preventing disease and maybe even reversing disease. And uh, so going forward, when, when their patients start to talk to them, it's a different, the whole new generation is going to be different. Okay. And I hope that means it, mean, it makes a different, uh, it makes a major impact on what happens. What well, would you say to that doctor who said don't eat carbs? You know, I, the, you know uh, I would say, hey, I understand because I was right there with you a decade ago. Okay, and because uh, we weren't taught, you know, we were taught, okay, somebody's got diabetes, it's not curable. The only thing we can do now is try to control their blood sugar. Okay, but the the vast the reality is that the uh, a great majority of type two diabetes that's acquired as an adult throughout our lifetime is uh, either uh, can be re- uh, reversed to a great extent or eliminated through 
the changes in your diet, and that's through the elimination of fat in your diet mm-hmm. because it's the fat in your diet that actually causes the type 2 diabetes. And I won't get into the exact uh, physiologic mechanism, but in a nutshell, the, the fat is blocking the insulin receptor. And, and you mean f- bottled oil, right? Well, it's uh, fat from our diet, fat okay. and meat, uh, which is the primary p- culprit, right. fat in our cheese, fat in our dairy. Uh, and so uh, these, these fat sources are, uh, the, the, the lipids are blocking the, est- uh, the uh, insulin receptor and causing a, the insulin not to work. Okay? But if we reduce that fat significantly, the receptor is no longer blocked. Insulin works, and then the sugar goes in the blood cell. So we're not worried then about, hey, you can't have that fruit uh, to eat because all we're doing is managing your blood sugar. Instead, we're ma- actually helping cure or reverse your diabetes so you can have that fruit and not, and and not worry about it. later on, they can have avocados and nuts yeah. till they yeah. fall once, over. Once you uh, – and uh, I, 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 I uh, uh, advocate for a, a plant-based or plant-slant nutri- uh, diet, which is low in fat and, and a high-carbohydrate, low-fat, you know, uh, moderate-protein diet. Thank you. Sorry. What you no, and I, I, she also recommended e- eating uh, salmon as a, um, a source for uh, what? Probably, probably omega-3s. Omega-3s. Yeah, <laughs> probably That's the, the only reason people eat yeah. fish. Right, yeah. we, we have guests like you on once a month, and one of them told us of a vegan source and, uh, that yeah. replaces. And there are. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's algae-based sources right. of omega-3s, so you don't need to eat meat. And what happens is, uh, remember we just said earlier you, when you were uh, – you go exercise three times a week, but then you sit on the couch for six hours mm-hmm. watching TV, so mm-hmm. you've negated the benefits of exercise. Mm-hmm. They just cancel each other out, and you're no better. Uh, so in the same way, if you start going and eating uh, salmon for your, for your omega-3s, you've negated the benefit of those omega-3s because you're eating that, that meat uh, and that, getting all that Flesh. fat. Yeah. Right. So you, fat. When, when, you, when you look at uh, anything that you take into your body, you have to weigh the, the benefits. And you have to look at the good stuff and the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we, we push to tell people, okay, when, when you're making food choices, look at that food that you're putting in your body and try to make good choices, make better choices, something that has very little negative benefit to no negative benefit and very high positive benefit. And for, for me, that is plant foods. Mm-hmm. Fruits, vegetables, legumes, grains, uh, and so, and we also uh, very important is to eliminate processed foods. Mm-hmm. Processed foods in our diet are very unhealthy. Not only can you not say the ingredients, and you don't know what kind of toxic chemicals you're putting in your body, but they often are full of fat, oil, and sugar. Mm-hmm. All of those are bad for right, us. Right. And just like we yeah. say, um, when people ask, where do you get your protein? Where does the cow get their protein? Where does the fish get their omega-3? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we say skip the middle animal and go straight to the source, yeah. which is plant. Yeah. plant and, and plants are healthier. They're full of phytonutrients, antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, fiber. And, and then also, you know, the, we also tell people to uh, very much limit or even eliminate animal products because those are those are poorly nutrition they very poor in nutrition they might be a source of protein but they don't have any phytonutrients they don't have any antioxidants they don't have any fiber they have very little minerals and vitamins really so those are the, the, the that is a food primary food choice is where the negative way outweighs the positive. When people ask me about where do you get the protein, I say, where do you get your fiber? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. exactly. Yeah, 97% of Americans are fiber deficient. Well, and that's we should, that standard American we diet. We should also point out uh, the cruelty involved with um, meat mm-hmm. and its production. And I, I would say I wouldn't encourage people to uh, stop eating meat. I would encourage them to find out how they're food is produced. Good point. How is your meat produced? Are you contributing to the cruelty of animals? Maybe you're part of PETA. And then, you know, what do you do? You have chicken for dinner. Well, check out how chicken is raised and how it's slaughtered. Check out how all animals are slaughtered. Don't be part of this cruel, cruel world and of eggs and butchering dairy. and and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they make it look so nice everything is all packaged real nice you go to the store wow. you don't see they don't have the animal on the other side of the counter being uh, uh killed with a hammer right uh and and the, really it, it's just a horror if yeah. you've ever seen any horror movie uh it doesn't even compare to the horror that takes place in these slaughterhouses and chicken farms and pig farms and uh, uh, and the waste that comes off those 
those farms is just disgusting. I mean, yeah, I can, watching Dominion was a hard one. I, we thought we had watched bad footage, right? But when we watched Dominion, that was powerful. That's the name of a movie? Yeah. Oh, yes. It Dominion? Just, um, yeah, Dominion is a new one. Dominion. With Dominion. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the footage comes from, I want to say, Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, hidden footage of what happens with these animals. And, I mean, it, we helped... It was screened in Dallas, and Dr. Riz was on the panel to answer questions that were health, you know, health-related questions. But we sat through the movie, and I could not stop crying. It was oh, so I, painful to just, see what animals endure, all for the sake of a few minutes of pleasure, yeah. or a few seconds and as like it crosses eggs. your palate. Eggs are so easy to add to a dish; it makes it taste better. You feel like you're getting a protein. But that's very cruel, too, and it's mm-hmm. probably not good for your heart either, mm-hmm. doctor. You know what I would say? Absolutely. It's one of the worst things for your heart. The, the cholesterol in eggs is horrible. And then even if people say, well, I take the egg yolks out, well, the, the, the egg white protein is a very unhealthy protein. Mm. Uh, so it's a meat protein, and it's very unhealthy for you. You know what I might add is that uh, uh, the, the benefits, you know, we talk about the health benefits of this diet, but I mean, there's all, tremendous benefits from an animal standpoint and an environmental standpoint. So there's many... There's many good reasons to, to, to take good care of yourself, and at the same time, you're taking care of animals and the planet. That's right. There's a, you talked about if uh, the people getting this pretty package that they see at the store. Mm-hmm. I saw this little video, and it was a kind of a, uh, a reenactment of, well, what they did is uh, people would go to the store, and they would order something. And so then the, uh, the butcher would right there act like they're killing the animal right in front of the person. <laughs> or, you know, or, you know, and suddenly the people didn't want the meat anymore. Sure. Yeah. When, they, when they realized how that meat was being made for them, it changed it. Yeah. Now, what it would be very so interesting important. to see if the next day, if they just got their pretty little package back, would mm-hmm. they still buy it? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I do agree with you that once people begin to look at the source, it might affect yeah. their, their choices. And for years, people thought fish don't have feel pain. Mm. And they convinced themselves, oh, and, and I live on the beach, and people um, will say, well, I throw the fish back in the water. Well, what about traumatizing them when they couldn't <laughs> breathe when they're sure. out of the water and damaging their... Sure. mouths and and they have emotions you know yeah. i think one of the most horrific scenes that i saw about fishing um was we watched these sailors online on youtube and they were fishing as they were sailing so they caught a fish where was reeling it in this individual and then i guess a shark or another fish ate portion of it so what came up was just the head oh. and that was horrifying yeah, even sure. the individual who's not vegan who was fishing yeah. was horrified yeah, by the scene sure. you know the hook was on the eye i mean mm-hmm. it, i just don't want to say more but it I was know. horrifying i know and we just kind of accept it because we grew up with all yeah. of that yeah. and uh but this is the time of year when people get together and they have turkey and they have um, a lot of other things that probably wouldn't be on your diets uh that by the way i should mention that dr riz and maya are married and i'm always interested in what plant-based people have for breakfast lunch and dinner and especially around the holidays so i bet you've got a few good recipes uh that that yeah sure so what i did um first we started off our day with a protein and not protein i should a smoothie well that's a A, big green smoothie there this one has spirulina in it so it's called a plant protein that's why uh smoothie and then you're having mine is a kale smoothie so (laughs) i'm a big greens person and if you either if you come to my talk tonight you'll understand why or we might even get into it but greens are extremely heart healthy well i love i love spinach i hate kale i can't stand the taste (laughs) of it and i say bobby just uh, get more spinach i'll eat all the spinach and more oh no you gotta have that kale or find a different way this is a kale smoothie and you can't tell what it's a kale Yeah. Oh, you know, the other thing that some people um, don't know is that you have to massage the kale nicely, not only to soften it, because it can be a little bit um, firm or tough, and then flavor it nicely. Um, We like to put, like, pomegranate seeds and a little bit of watermelon to our salads to add a kick, like a a flavor. And you can experiment with your kales, too. There's different kinds. Some are more bitter than others. Uh, I started taking the stem out, so I realized the stem is a little bit bitter and harder. And so there's different things you can do. But, and, but by the way, you don't have to eat kale. There's a dozen types of greens. Well, can I yeah. just have my spinach? Well, I spinach love is spinach. good, but I would encourage a variety. Remember Popeye? Yeah, yeah you can have your spinach. But, yeah. but I would and encourage a variety. And, <laughs> a variety of spinach? Spinach has a variety of greens. Uh, uh, even a variety of spinaches. But uh, mm-hmm. a variety of greens. Spinach, uh, without, I don't want to 
uh, I eat a lot of spinach, so mm-hmm. I'm not taking away from it. But spinach is high in oxalates, and so uh, when you eat, eat spinach, the the calcium, which is a great, spinach is a great source of calcium, but oxalates bind the calcium, and so you don't that, don't absorb that calcium. So spinach as a source of calcium is not very good. But the other thing is uh, for us as we age. Uh, kidney stones can be an issue. And so uh, we don't want too many yeah. oxalates in our uh, circulating uh, because oxalate stones are one of the biggest sources of kidney stones. And I, I'm not trying to scare people away because that incense is extremely low. But the, my point being is don't eat you know, 10 servings of spinach a day when your, your, your opportunity is to mix up your greens. Eat right. some collard Just greens. Just get a variety. And, Although uh, I, you know, I find it hard arugula, to believe people romaine, would only do spinach. Yeah. <laughs> There's a there's a there's a lots of different greens. Do you have to be a chemist to eat food? No, it just seems just like eat, just it, eat food and eat a variety yeah. of it. Yeah, but I'd eat mostly spinach, and now I find out that can. But that's not a variety. Kidney stones. I passed a kidney stone. I know what that's like. There you I'm go. Never, that's why I carry this around with me all the Lots time. Water? Drinking water. water, and then then I found out that uh, drinking water all the time washes something else. Electrolytes. Electrolytes out of your system. So then you have to have the electrolytes. I'm thinking, you know, I should have a whole cabinet full of all these things. <laughs> Just and uh, mix them all. Yeah. And, uh, no, but it's be... actually it's not that difficult. No. You know, we tell people just eat a a good variety, eat the rainbow, so to speak. Eat a good variety, put colors on your plate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A good variety of plant based foods. And you're bringing up a good point, which is um, when people attend our events, we get these kind of questions, and then it becomes almost like a distraction from eating healthy. Yeah. So it's like now they want to get too particular about certain things. About like you said, do you have to be a chemist? But if you if you focus too much on that, you're more likely not to eat healthy foods and then you go back to the foods that you don't even question um, what kind of hormones are in your meat what has it been injected with growth hormones things that um, can contribute to health problems so it's like we don't question that we don't question what's in the milk and the cheese and the chicken whether it's um, grow like for example the fish has been grown and farmed with a lot of other pesticides and other antibiotics that are taught no one questions that but mm. when it comes to kale and spinach, we start to question, is it organic? <laughs> so yeah. I think it's a distraction. I've recently read about how good pomegranates are, but I don't mm. know what to do about the seeds. You don't want to be biting on those seeds, right? That's how we eat them. Like, almost the, like popcorn. Uh, what part seeds. of the pomegranate <laughs> are you talking about? The, the seeds? Well, the little that, red things? How do you do it? Yeah, that's, uh, we, we just peel them, get all those red rubies, I call them. I grew up calling them rubies. Yeah. My uh-huh. mom, I want, said, Mom, I want some rubies to eat. <laughs> uh, and you just throw it in your um, Vitamix with your yeah. smoothie? Or put it on your salad. We or, just eat yeah. it. Yeah, you just it eat has it. a little crunchy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. crunchies. Yeah, really so good. you can use them in a variety of ways. Put them in your, like you said, put them in your smoothie or put them on your salad or This whatever. is your breakfast. Well, is that typically right? we, we start off our day differently, but when we travel, we find that it's very hard to be as healthy as oh, when sure. we're at home because at home we have access to our salads and everything else. So I would prefer something a little more solid in the morning, but because we're traveling, um, so we start off right now, we've been starting off with smoothies, and then we try to make sure we get a salad. But then we eat what people are afraid of, carbs, potatoes. Potatoes? And whole, uh, like, we love So for lunch, would that be your lunch or breakfast, too? No, I would probably start off with an oatmeal in the morning. Oatmeal. And then I'll have something hearty, like a three-bean chili soup or lentils and rice. What you eat for lunch or dinner doesn't have to be significantly Mm -hmm. different as long as it's satisfying and satiating. And if you're only eating salads, you'll be hungry and then more likely to add the other stuff. (laughs) And and that's that's kind of a little fallacy that uh, many people think that... uh, uh, a plant-based diet or a vegan diet is just everybody eating a salad. And that probably comes from when you go out and you want to eat something at a, at a restaurant that didn't have any choices, all they do is give you a salad. Give you a salad. And they, right. But that's not all you can eat. So for me, traditionally, my breakfast might be a – I'll be very honest with you. I typically didn't eat a breakfast back in the old days. I was uh, – you know, as a surgeon – I would get up in the morning and uh, I'd grab my coffee and I'd run to work and start see my patients and then start operating at seven in the morning. Mm-hmm. Even continue operating through to the afternoon and skip lunch. Uh, How many operations would that be? You know, it varies. Some yeah, are long, some are short. So yeah. one day I might do four or five operations. Uh, one day I might do two that take the whole day. Yeah. Uh, and so it depends on what I've got going. Somebody once said, "Never get an operation in the afternoon." Yeah. 
because That's, you know I got we'll we'll digress right here. I'll tell you a funny story. Back a long time ago, when I was taking trauma call and, and vascular surgery call, I'm an old man now, so I get to get off of those things, uh, and no one wants to do all that irregular lifestyle. It's already irregular enough. But when I was on call, there was one time when uh, I already had three or four surgeries on the schedule. And I started at 7.30 one morning, and I did those. And, and then I was on call, and several emergencies came in. I ended up operating throughout the entire night. And then oh I had a, a surgical schedule for the next day, and it was two smaller surgeries and then a big one. And I did the two smaller surgeries. By the time I got to the big one, it was about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'd been operating nearly 30, uh, you know, 7.30 to 7.30, so um, nearly 30 hours straight. And I went to that patient upstairs, and I said, look, you know what? Uh, I think it's probably in your best interest if we don't do this operation. Uh, and they were a little bit upset at me. But when I sat down and talked with them, and I said, look, you, um, uh, you, you want your surgeon to be sharp, yeah. and you want him to be you know, well-rested, and I've been working for the last 30 hours. He got over being upset because he had been waiting yeah. to have the operation, and I'm sure he had his hopes up, and I felt bad for him, but I had to think of his best interest in mind. So, oh, sure. yeah, don't yeah. Uh, you know, that, your story is uh, don't 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 get a tired surgeon in the afternoon, and I would say that's probably not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so back to the holidays. Yes. So let me um, oh, we, because in fact, let me tell about my foods. So I oh uh, okay um, the typically uh, I would if I have time I'll do oatmeal. Oh, and throw some berries, like blueberries, on top, and strawberries, and maybe sprinkle it with cinnamon. Um, and I, but I no, t- f- no sugar, no sugar, no. no. And I typically either I, I don't use water. I will use a, an alternative milk, like almond milk or soy milk, as oat my milk. base. Yeah, we, as, we've as been my using base. Oat milk. Yeah, sure. I heard that's really good yeah. too. Very yeah. creamy. Yeah. Yeah. But, but if I'm but I if like I'm feeling better. lazy or I'm in a hurry. For me, a smoothie is a real good alternative mm-hmm. because uh, I'm a big greens person, and this is a great way to get a lot of greens into you. I can just get the smoothie, and I can drink it for the morning. And then at lunch, uh, I, many times a week, I'll have a potato topped with either some sort of beans, black beans, lentils, or a vegan chili, and throw some veggies like broccoli or corn or asparagus on there, and that's a lunch. And I don't mind eating the same things over and over again, and these are very hearty and very filling and refreshing. Uh, And and at dinner, we have a a variety of uh, foods, you know, what Maya and I do together. Sometimes it's tacos, and sometimes it's pizza. and um, Noodles? Yeah, 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 noodles, healthy healthy noodles. As long as it's whole wheat, or I know that some people deal with wheat and all that, but we still do rice noodles as well. We love it. I wanted to say real quick about that too. The Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine that always gives tips on how to get started says that really we typically favor seven to nine dishes and rotate them in general. Most mm-hmm. of us, like if you were to make a list of what you typically eat, like track it for a month, you would probably find that you eat about the same foods all the time. So sure. we just recommend eating the healthier versions of them, whole food without any oil. And uh, SOS, salt, oil, and sugar-free. And then going back to the Thanksgiving or holiday um, meals, what I did in our website, just because we do, we just recently had a fall potluck, and I wanted to give recipes for people. I tie them all back to Forks Over Knives, which is a wonderful website mm-hmm. and also app, and they have their printed copy uh, recipe books, too. But They have a magazine now, too. Oh, and the magazine. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. But what I added on there on the, you know, our plantbaseddfw.com, with some of those recipes, and um, which can be even vegan or plant-based cornbread and mashed potatoes and gravy, and they all have such healthy um, ingredients without all the added salt and the added mm-hmm. oil, yeah. which it, we find very hard. A lentil meatloaf yeah. uh, as an alternative to having yeah. the turkey. And right. then also you might find the resources in your own community where you can have pre-made foods. So this Thanksgiving, sure. we sort of spend the, the, the holidays separately in two different states with our, our mothers. So he was in Dallas, I was in Phoenix, and I contacted on each, in each city a local plant-based um, prepping company, and they both provided healthy options for us because I, I couldn't cook at my mom's house. or And... Um, I went ahead and ordered enough for the family to sample. So they had the mashed potatoes and the gravy and the lentil loaf and the pumpkin pie. And they loved it. And there's well, like no animal product in the food. Those would be you, easy you know, it's, it's, substitutes. I, I might bring up, I mean, what I'd like to bring up is that we have this, it's a tradition to eat turkey. It's kind of a yeah. cultural thing, but yeah. we don't have to have that tradition. You can have a tradition to just have the other things. And, you know, I, at my at my house, uh, or it wasn't my house, it was my uncle's house. And this year, uh, we had 
plant-based eaters and we had non-plant-based eaters and so they did cook a turkey for and uh but there was there was 12 dishes that they made nine of them were healthy vegan dishes that i could eat yeah. the only three i couldn't eat was the turkey sure. the turkey dressing, the dressing and one of the rolls that had used butter yeah. right right and very often the gravy which is a, a turkey base yeah so it was a turkey mm-hmm. gravy, mm-hmm. gravy but, but they too, had made yeah. me a, a healthy alternative gravy and all of the other sides were healthy sides that and desserts and dishes that had uh, no salt no oil and no sugar and at the at the end of the day several of the people said wow these these dishes were great why don't we do this every year? And I was like, no, duh. I mean, here you go. You just sure. uh, yeah. and if you wanted to learn to eliminate the uh, the turkey from the meal, you haven't ex- you haven't negated all the healthiness of that meal mm. by eating something that's unhealthy for you. Well, I have to say, any faux turkey product mm-hmm. is not worth your money. The stuff is horrible. <laughs> we we had a a, a big uh, vegetarian Thanksgiving one year, and uh, they brought out this round thing that uh, it's like shoe leather yeah it was oh it was really uh don't even bother uh we also have the uh, the impossible burger the Mm -hmm. beyond burger which is is a product it's not Mm -hmm. necessarily it's better than eating meat yes i think you have to be careful with the terminology here those are plant-based but they're not whole food plant-based so they are processed plant-based foods and remember earlier i said we need to learn to get away from processed foods but at the same time I don't. I don't negate them as a transitional we tool. Yeah. And, I, sure. and if somebody and if somebody eats those instead of killing an animal to eat, oh, yes. yeah. there's a huge benefit there. Yeah. So, uh, and then even these uh, you talked about a plant-based uh, turkey substitute. I think things have come a long ways, and people are using those again. I'd say. If you do that instead of having a turkey at your table, that's a that's a great start. It's a step up, yeah, yeah. definitely and, a step yeah. up. Uh, but, but in I, the long run, we tell people it's fine to use those as a transition or to have yeah. once in a blue moon, but mm-hmm. let, don't make a habit of it because actually they're not very healthy for you. The Beyond Burger and the Impossible Burger, and I, I hope they don't get angry at me for saying this, is <laughs> this that is they, the vascular yeah, surgeon. <laughs> they, this is yeah. From this is a health thing. Is they have they have a lot of fat in them, mm. and so the and one of them has a lot of saturated fat in it and salt. I'm sure. Yeah, salt. Yeah. We and had to try it yeah. once, but yeah. that's all, sure. yeah. just I mean, to try it. It's the, it's the same way. I, we can't be too extreme when we're talking to people that have never even sampled um, plant-based foods in general. Like in a recent trip, I took a niece of mine and her family. I treated them to a, a place they've never been at, which is all plant-based, very healthy, um, very little processed foods. That was the first time that they ate in that location and he her husband ordered like a, a black bean burger or kind of maybe it was the beyond burger because there was very little process he loved it and he said this is my first time trying this and for me it was gratifying because i introduced them to something they otherwise would not have tried i think she and said he even mentioned time, to her that hey maybe we should uh, we should consider going vegan and but so i wouldn't i wouldn't hit him up with something like a salad immediately because that's not going to be an easy way to get someone to cross over i, so I don't think salad of, is a meal yeah. Now, well, at the same time, we encourage the green leafy vegetables. Oh, yeah. I want to have it every day. To make them. Yeah. She oh, has it for yeah. breakfast. Yeah. She has salads for yeah. breakfast. That's just wrong. <laughs> oh, and by the way, you know, back to my daily things, something we also try to do almost every day is have a, a, a nice salad mixed with the various leafy greens. But on top of it, we throw uh, cut fruit, cranberries, uh, 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 ground flaxseed, uh, nuts, uh, chopped onions, uh, and so we give it a lot of flavors. You can put corn on there, you can put black beans on there, mm-hmm. and suddenly you got to really take. It's not just your typical salad, no. right. and we very rarely even use salad dressing. Right. One of my favorite things to do is to do chopped watermelon when I can get it in season because it's juicy and it's yeah. kind of. Mm-hmm. Bobby does that. Yeah. 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 On the so, other hand, I've been telling people in your smoothie. Add a few vegetables to your fruit oh, yeah. smoothie. Good People idea. just don't think about. It. Can I ask you again now? What's your website? Something DFW. Plant based. Plant based. DFW. It's okay. all one word. Dot com. Plant based. Plant based. So there are two based. Ds there. Plant based. Com. DFW. Yeah. Right. Because I'm always looking for good recipes, yeah. and yeah. recently, uh, Bill got some tortillas. To, he said, "Now, what should we put in it? What would you say to him?" Oh my well, goodness! So we, we did. We made our travel package on the way a, here. So. A friend of ours taught us a jar system, which oh. we may not have time to talk about, but briefly, mm-hmm. um, okay. it's where you kind of get together and um, you sign up for it. In this case, say we had twelve people, we signed up to prepare twelve jars of one ingredient, and then it, every person in the group 
chops and prepares one ingredient different from each other. Then we get together at our friend's house and we exchange jars and walk away with 12 jars of different ingredients mm. that you can use for tacos, burritos, soups, uh-huh. salads. So you have like carrots and red onion and cabbage, red cabbage. We like the colors broccoli, cauliflower, black beans. beans. And so if you keep those ingredients chopped and ready to go regularly, you'll always have something. Yeah. But, you know, for us, we always have to have something like brown rice so that we're not starving. Right. We, yeah. we still need the potato. We still need um, yams, all that good yeah. stuff, right, honey? And, yeah. the, and the yams that we love, the sweet potatoes that we get from... Uh, uh, Japanese, Japanese, Japanese sweet oh, yeah. potatoes. We One of our guests told us about those. that. We, whenever we can get them, we try to get them. Oh, now, have so you tried the purple good. ones from yeah. Molokai? We mm-hmm. don't care for those. Oh, okay. Okay. Too dry. I've tried them here. Yeah, there are some dry. that are dry. Well, we've had some Japanese. while we were here. I don't know where they were from. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. So the what you know what do you put on a burrito? For me, a very simple one is just layer it with some brown rice, put some black beans on mm-hmm. there, and then if you want to, th- put some lettuce, some red onions. Avocado. Whatever else appeals to you. Yeah. Uh, we had some uh, t- uh, a kind of a egg scram- tofu scramble that I threw in there that's spicy with a little, mm-hmm. and wrap it up, and you've got a uh, something nice to eat. And I have to uh, give uh, credit to the mushroom uh, because <laughs> mushrooms can add an awful lot of flavor mm-hmm. to yeah. a dish, even though I'm not sure if they have any nutrients. Oh, they are, they are packed full of nutrients. Are they really? Yeah. They, so, don't, they don't seem, they're so um, unobtrusive. They're isn't that so quiet. And, <laughs> and they're not a plant. Right. They're, so that's, uh, Nobody I, knows what they are. They're really. a fungus. Yeah, it's so, a fungus, yeah. but where did it come from? So it's, uh, <laughs> it's like from outer space yeah, or something. Yeah, I won't say any bad jokes about that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when I'm giving my talks and I talk about the variety of foods that we need to eat, and I show all these different plant varieties, and I do include the, the, the mushroom. And there's a whole variety of mushrooms. And interestingly enough, the other day I had a, a meal that uh, one of our hosts had made over in Oahu, and uh, uh, I had seen her chopping up some mushrooms, uh, and then in the meal I didn't notice them, but I said to my wife, that was a very interesting pasta in the mushroom because they were very short strands, and later she told me, well, that was the mushroom. Because it was this long, skinny what mushroom. What are they called? They're the long this, ones that come in a pack. And you, oh, yeah, they, yeah, the little tiny heads. Yes, yeah. I forgot what they're really? called. Yeah. Um, and, but it tasted like pasta. And I yeah. thought it was pasta. You get the, also the portobello. You yeah. can actually uh, barbecue yes, uh, yes. a big portobello and put so, it between a couple of, well, I don't know. Can yeah. deep bread now at all? Well, yeah, we still eat bread, but yeah. you know, uh, it should be it's Dave's not white. bread. Not white flowers. Whole grain, whole grain sprouted, preferably. Preferably, Dave's Killer Bread is one of our favorites. Well, he eats that, and I say that's made in a factory. It's got a lot of ingredients. Ezekiel Bread has no oil. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good one to try. I think that, again, that uh, one thing we don't do is tell people they have to live this extremely, you know, this life over here where... I guess basically what we're saying is we try to meet people where they are and help them move yes, along. Yes. Yeah, um, sure. We don't expect somebody to go from a standard American diet no. to a, a, a no. perfect whole food plant-based diet yeah. overnight. And, and, and a lot of people will find a few things that they need to include in their diet in order to make their lives fine. A, I tell people that if you live a, uh, a mostly, you know, going back to the blue zones, which are these areas which we haven't really described in detail, but they're not all, they're not all 100% plant-based they all might eat a little bit of meat or a little bit of olive oil or something like that from time to time but it's like once a month mm-hmm. or once every mm-hmm. couple of weeks and so they uh they're not 100 percent plant-based but they're plant slant mm-hmm. and mostly plants plant uh, slant yeah plant slant <laughs> um now i mean not, we, I we, we personally choose to have a whole 100 whole food plant-based lifestyle mm-hmm. and because it is the healthiest you can do and because we're yeah. vegan yeah. we care yeah. about the animals yeah. and we care about the environment yeah. right. well yesterday i went to an event and my only choice was a Caesar salad. Is that okay? I said, you know, it's not like I have a peanut allergy and I'm going to die. <laughs> so it's the holidays. I can indulge in a Caesar salad. I'd rather not, but, you know, it's we're human. And right. I, I don't know if you know, um, well, anyway, 95% is still an A, oh, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So and- you can't. Worry about the I also soaps. think there's a, from a, my medical perspective, it depends on what your intent is. Mm. If you live a life that's whole food, plant based, and, and relatively good, you're, you can make mistakes here and there, and, mm-hmm. and there's some, can be in some indiscretions, and it's not going to hurt you. But you've already got advanced disease that you're trying to treat. You really need to go all the way because if you want to try to 
you know, arrest that cancer or you want to reverse that atherosclerosis, you can't go halfway on that. You have to go all in because you're trying to get rid of the problem. And, and, and I would say that's very much like what you would do if you're going to the doctor. If they're going to crack your chest to do a bypass, you're going all in. Yeah. Okay, or if you're gonna, if you got a cancer and you're getting three dose multi, uh, you know, chemotherapy, that's gonna make your hair fall out and make you feel bad and throw up all the time. You're going all in, so you're willing to go all in with those therapies. Well, why aren't you willing to go all in with your diet to try mm-hmm. to make those things change? And as that's well? why we like. And that diet isn't gonna do those things. They're not gonna, you know, that the crack in your chest and the chemotherapy is gonna do to you. And that's why we like having, um, whenever we can, potlucks as well, because we provide people resources to find the recipe they want to cook. Mm -hmm. And then we all come together. They don't have to be vegan and fully plant-based. But, you know, we come around, we all provide plant-based dishes, and then they get to flavor the foods. And it's really about introducing dishes to people so that they're more likely to eat those on a regular basis. I think it's important to take uh, the right steps, and you don't have to make a big transition all at once. I, I I think one of the most important steps you can take, if you can do it, if you have a family, it might be more difficult. Uh, just eliminate all those things in your refrigerator, mm-hmm. in your cupboards, yeah. all those things that are uh, uh, going against your health. Right. The uh, you know the dairy, the the processed foods, all the processed yeah. foods, all those things. If you can start, even if it's just a matter of going from one product to another just eliminate meat mm-hmm. uh and 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 find substitutes other things that you can you know whether it's grains and, and so on and so forth um but to do that you you're you're creating a situation where the only way you can get those foods that you have a hankering for as we used to say uh back in the old west uh <laughs> uh the only way you can you can uh, get rid of those is by uh, first creating a healthy house and uh, eliminating all the all the candy and the right. Absolutely. So, on and so forth. You got to go, you got to clean up your backyard first. Clean up your backyard, and then the only way you're going to get it is by going out outside and uh, going to a restaurant or something. Fortunately, there are a lot of great restaurants, vegan restaurants, and healthy restaurants now. Uh, you must have a number in your city, mm-hmm. yeah. and I know we do here now. Yeah. Um, back in the day, uh, back um, in the '70s, uh, I was involved with a big communal group, and we ran. We had natural food restaurants. Sort of before anybody even knew what natural food was, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and we served up a, a vegetarian burger that was uh, just mostly beans mm-hmm. and a few grains and things. It was pretty easy to make, and you you we fr- fried it up, uh, but. Um, uh, it was something you can make at home, and it's just very satisfying. Yeah. So it, it, it's not just a matter of eliminating from your house, but it's a matter of substituting other things that you're going to be craving for. Because like I say, uh, you love the things that you grew up with as a kid. Right, and you can have all those things just with in a different form. Yeah. And also I think it's important to understand, and I was probably a victim of this too, is that I used to think a plant food, whole food plant-based diet or a vegan diet was boring and tasteless <laughs> and many Many people think that that's that's still out there today, and uh, it, what they don't realize is that we can use the same spices and different things to to flavor up our meals so it tastes the same way. You know, you can use barbecue based type barbecue sauces and different spices and things, and the food can taste great. Soy sauce, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. usually high. Kind of yeah. high in salt. I would look for the low sodium yeah. uh, Or tamari, I think yeah. it's a better tamari. form. Tamari. Yeah. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yes. I just want to get back to the exercise for, for a moment. Since you're a heart doctor, okay, so if I spend from 7 to 8.30 when I go to sleep, if, I, if I'm lucky, watching the tube, does that mean I can make up for that by exercising more? I mean, do you balance it out that way? Well, I wouldn't look at it as making up for it. And, here, hey, you know, here's an idea. While you're watching YouTube, walk on the treadmill. Uh-huh. You know, just not even at a fast pace yeah. or stand up and walk in place. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, so it's uh, you can do things that make that activity not as bad for you. You know, don't lay on the couch and watch. My willpower is great in the morning and it gets less as the day goes on. And yeah, I just we all have that. varying willpower from time to time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's no. Yeah. It's, uh, I think you know, you do the best you can. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I don't want to make it sound like it's bad to sit there and watch YouTube videos. It's just what, where our point is that you have to understand what these choices are, what their their meaning is for you. And our, our society typically will go home in the evening and watch four or five hours of TV, and that's not good that's for right. you. So, so then try to learn to do other things. Get out and go for a walk or take a dance class or you know, uh, in, insert activity into your lifestyle so, rather than just being – you know, sitting there every single night in Shinda. front of the TV for four or five Dr. hours. Dr. Gregor recommends that if you are, you know, at a desk job sitting six, or, six to eight hours a day, just get up every hour mm-hmm. because the problem mm-hmm. comes in when the blood is not properly circulating in the system because we're, you know, sitting so long and just get up and move. And same thing if you're watching TV, get up and wash dishes or prepare a meal or do something else, do laundry, whatever it may be, and then come back. <laughs> I don't recommend sitting for so long. Yeah. Stay active. Well, you know, we have about four minutes yeah. left, and you didn't even talk about heart as much as you're going to tonight. And we were talking before the show, many people don't even know they have a heart disease uh, 20-year-olds right. have heart so disease. So in a, in a nutshell, I, I'm a, a vascular surgeon. That means I treat the blood vessels of the body. There's uh, you know a few different specialties that treat blood vessels. The cardiologist is the heart doctor who does either, you know, it doesn't invade or doesn't operate or does just the the punctures for angioplasties and stents. The heart surgeon is the one who does opens up the chest and does the heart bypass operations. And that that those two doctors are do the heart. I am the vascular surgeon. I do every other blood vessel in the body and I do both sides. I do both the medical therapy and I do the puncture based procedures and I do the bypass operations. So I also then am the doctor who does the medical therapies and so important in what I teach patients. I talk about lifestyle, the changes you can make in your lifestyle to impact and, 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 and work on getting better. Uh, and so the, and the, we all treat the same disease, which is atherosclerosis, which is hardening of the arteries. We commonly call it heart disease, but it's, uh, the medical term is atherosclerosis. We all called it, we also call it hardening of the arteries. We call it plaque buildup. Those are all kind of interchangeable terms. And this isn't necessarily going to happen if you, as you age? Well, so that's a good question. And now, a, the, it's the number one killer of Americans. Forty percent of Americans are afflicted by a, by symptomatic and significant heart disease uh, by the end of their lives. The reality is most Americans have atherosclerosis to some extent, and they just don't know it. And it's and it, it's a slow, indolent, chronic disease that's building up over the course of decades. And we used to think, oh, it starts in your 20s and 30s, and by the time you're 50, 60, and 70, it begins to manifest or show itself with symptoms. Uh, because it's like a pipe that's slowly clogging early on. It, you know, you're not going to get symptoms, but when it clogs up enough, you start to see problems. And, and I like to point to an interesting study from the 1950s, from the Korean War. Uh, they brought home 300 consecutive uh, vets who were killed and did autopsies on them, and they saw that 77% of them had the beginnings of atherosclerosis. Now, the interesting part of this is that their average age was 22 years old. Mm. So, mm-hmm. 77% had atherosclerosis by the age of 22. I'm glad you can pronounce that word because I had <laughs> a heck me, of a time. It only it. took me 15 years of training. So, <laughs> we, We've been talking with Dr. Rizwan Bukhari, MD, who will be talking at the uh, J. Walter Cameron Center tonight, 7 p.m. This is December 12th, Thursday, and it's a free talk. Thanks to the Vegetarian Society of Hawaii, who also record their talks on uh, Oahu. And you can check with the Vegetarian Society of Hawaii for those. The Cameron Center at 95 Mahalani Street tonight. Thank you so much, Dr. Riz and Maya. Thank you. Thank uh, you for having us. Thanks to the Vegetarian Society. And Maui Toyota. Maui Toyota (laughs) and KKU 88.5 FM. The Voice of Maui. I'm Bill Best. Aloha. 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 You've been listening to the Plant-Based DFW podcast show. If you like our content, please like, share, and leave a review. We wouldn't mind a five-star review. Our goal is to provide quality episodes to help support the community.